Welcome to Season 5 of Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. I'm your host, Catherine McPhail. I am an architect practicing in Massachusetts. My passion is old houses, new technologies, and sustainability. Previous seasons of this podcast have featured many vendors, subcontractors, architects, designers, covering many aspects of renovations and hiring professionals to help. In this season, I'll be focusing on collecting even more renovation stories because we can all learn from each other and I just can't resist talking to people about their houses. This episode is another renovation story. We are going to historic Meridian Park in Indianapolis with Jess of 1907 Dutch Colonial, which is his account on Instagram. He's been working on his unusual house for over 14 years and we talked about retaining details, researching the people who had lived in the house, the importance of quality paint, reproducing details, and much more. Here's my conversation with Jess. Well, welcome to the show, Jess. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I have been following your account on Instagram. It's 1907 Dutch Colonial. Yes. Yeah, it's quite a house. Yeah, I actually created that Instagram account back in June. My intention originally was to, um, I'm originally from the West Coast, so I have a lot of family out there. And I thought this would be a great opportunity for them to follow my projects. It's a great mm-hmm. visual format for that. And I come to find out when I visit my family over Christmas that no one has Instagram. So <laughs> didn't work out too well, original intentions, but um, I continue to build upon it. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Tell us where you are right now and how you got your house. Yeah, so I'm in Indianapolis. Um, I moved here right after college for a job. And I've been here ever since. Today, I live in uh, Indianapolis's historic Meridian Park neighborhood. I think I would best describe that neighborhood as that early 1900s suburb of downtown Indianapolis, although mm-hmm. today, suburbs are miles and miles away. So I'm just north of downtown Indy, and I moved into the area. Uh, I was managing a four-unit apartment building, and I really fell in love with the neighborhood and decided I wanted to live there for good and find a, a home to fix up. And... Uh, an opportunity came up about a couple years afterwards to buy a house. I got very excited about it, very emotionally invested into this opportunity. Unfortunately, it fell apart, and I didn't want to wait another couple of years. So I actually bought a house just south of the neighborhood, about two blocks away. Now, that house was uninhabitable, needed a lot of work. So I continued to live in my four unit while I was fixing up that house. And then one day at a neighborhood cookout, uh, a neighbor came up to me and said, you know, that house up on the corner of Washington Boulevard is going on the market soon. And I was surprised she brought that up because I just bought a house, but uh, I kind of knew what house she was talking about. It's on a different block than what I live on, and I don't drive that way to work or anything. I just remember there being a big brick house run down behind a bunch of trees. I didn't really know what the house looked like, mm-hmm. but I decided to check it out. And uh, thankfully, um, well, one night at this epiphany where I thought, you know, well, if I got the house, at least I could move into it. It's livable. It may not be in great shape. And fortunately, I did have a buyer in the wings that would unload that house I just bought if I needed to. Mm. That's a whole nother story. But yeah, that owner owned the whole block except for my property. So I was in a good position (laughs) to get to unload that house if I wanted to. So this house, I love that old photo of your house because there's obviously you can see it because the trees aren't as big, but the trees are little babies. And now when you look at it, the trees are very prominent in your front yard. So I love that as a way of watching the passage of time. But it has these parapet type, what do you call those on the side? The part that, it's like the gable basically, yeah. but it's. I think you have the correct term. Uh, I think it's technically called a parapet wall. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like a gable, but the parapet or the wall extends higher than the roof line. Yeah. 
the roof behind it kind of tucks into it. It's flashed into the brick. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty uh, unusual. And that's why I kind of yeah. wrestle with this being a Dutch colonial because some, and I, I can't find where I saw this, but before I bought the house, somewhere was printed or noted that this house was an unusual example of a Dutch colonial revival. And that's just what always stuck hmm. in my head. Yeah. But when you look at what a Dutch colonial is in North America, the one thing they almost always have is a gambrel roof, mm -hmm. which uh, this house certainly does not have. But it does have the, a single wide dormer, which is pretty common on Dutch colonials. Yeah. It's kind of formed by the, um, the space under the gambrel roof. So it makes a full height room, whereas the rest, yeah. of the, the rest of the roof goes down on the side. So, yeah, that's what that's for. But I wonder if like the parapet roofs are more are kind of a Dutch style. I have to look that up. Well, I don't know you, very much about Dutch architecture. Well, when you look up uh, Flemish Renaissance Revival, it goes right to that parapet wall that's, um, oh, that must could, be, be that. could be stepped or uh, rounded. Mine's a combination mm. of the two. Mm -hmm. uh, the oh, other characteristic that's Flemish would be the uh, brick pattern, which is a Flemish bond. But Very definitely cool. the neoclassical elements of the front door and the uh, side entrance or side porch are definitely not uh, Flemish. That's very neoclassical, which you could find on a Dutch colonial or any colonial for that matter, I think. So I just consider it to be a mutt. And maybe that's what makes it un uh, unique is that it's kind of a, a mixture of styles. Right. Yeah. I don't know if mutt. I'm going to think of another word about this kind of... <laughs> anyway, so when, how long have you had it? So uh, it'll be... Uh, 15 years in November. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So like so many old houses, your house fell on hard times at one point, I guess, became a two family house. Yeah. That happened in 1938. So my neighborhood probably didn't fall on hard times till the sixties, I would guess. And I don't know what happened in the thirties and forties, but a lot of the bigger homes in my neighborhood were turned to apartments, but these were really nice apartments. I, I will say for that, for my house being cut into two apartments, they did a really good job. And one of the things I've benefited from is that I am removing more walls and adding. So what happens mm -hmm. is I have a net gain of, of wood moldings, mm -hmm. which has been great because when they convert into a double, they made it perfect profile match. And I could tell the difference yeah. in original and the 1938 because original is um, Corson oak. The 1938 is just, I guess, the regular oak cut. But it was a quality renovation, no, no doubt about it. And, you know, one of the mistakes I made in researching the house is I was so focused on those early pre-1938 years, I kind of discounted the rental years thinking I wouldn't find many connections because having been a landlord myself, people come and go and they may not have a strong connection to a property. Mm -hmm. But in those 40 years, it was a rental from 38 to 77 um, on both sides, actually. Um, there were tenants who were there for 30 years each. Wow. Yeah. So that's a long enough time to have, definitely have that be their home. And they made a mark on it probably. Oh, for sure. And the South side, I've made connections with a granddaughter who used to go there for the holidays. And she has sent me some photographs, Christmas and Easter, of inside the, uh, what was t originally the living room was their, um, I'm sorry, originally the dining room was their living room. And there's so many pictures of the living room from the early 60s that you could, I could literally stand in the room and see what every single wall looked like. Um, it wasn't just wow. one picture. It was a whole 360. So, um, oh, that's great. Ended up being some of my best information uh, came from those pictures and even answered a question about um, what the house may have been like before 1938, actually. So you never know in these pictures <laughs> what, what information you'll find. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating. So how did you locate that person? Did you look for her? Did she find you? I think I, I had rent 
uh, boy, I must have found it on Facebook. That was a while back now. Because originally, uh, the first research I did was all by, by mail, through letters. Uh, but I think I found her by Facebook. And she gave me pictures of the interior and some exterior pictures. So very thankful for that. Hmm. I hear you have a attic that isn't accessible. Yeah, it's really interesting. When people ask me how many bedrooms I have, I never know what to say. It's either three, four, or five, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. In regards to the attic, so when the house was made into two apartments, they had to add a bathroom for the north unit. So on the second floor, they removed the staircase that went from the second floor to the attic. And this was like a, a back staircase for a help or a servant. and up in the attic, there is a full bedroom. Um, there's a speaker tube there that connects to the kitchen, so you can speak from the kitchen to that room. Mm-hmm. All original plaster and lath. The original wallpaper is kind of sagging and peeling off the walls after 100-plus years. It's got a closet, two windows. It's a full bedroom, but when the bathroom took out that staircase, that removed the access to the attic. So what they did instead is just put a trap door. They stripped all the attic of the electricity. And so today, I still have to use a ladder to get up to the attic. Mm. which is a shame because in addition to that bedroom I mentioned, that's just 20% of the attic. The rest of the attic is this huge, open, unfinished space. It's floored. Uh, and because of the steep pitch roof, it's a very tall room. So I'm often carrying stuff to the attic <laughs> to store stuff. But I decided one of the priorities this spring will be to put that staircase back because I'm finding myself mm. um, going up and down the ladder more often than I'd like to. And I've been very fortunate so far, <laughs> but I don't want to push my luck with that. So if nothing else is not convenient, right? <laughs> so right. it could be dangerous, but it's also, it would be difficult to get boxes of stuff up and down on a ladder. And the other place I mentioned, is it three, four or five bedrooms? Unfortunately, and for all the purists out there, uh, I'm sorry to say this, but I decided that I am, I always are being gutted and have been gutted. I, the plaster and lath was, would have been too much to save. And all the major rooms, the two bedrooms, the two big bedrooms, the master bath, the living room, and the dining room are all on corners. And all these rooms were uninsulated. And like with all these old homes, not enough outlets. So I've been very careful to save all the woodwork and put it back into place. But mm-hmm. one thing I discovered off the master bedroom was that it was originally connected to the bedroom next to it. Mm. And I decided to make that into a master bedroom suite. So I've reopened it. And that's so you kind of could say that I've lost another bedroom that way because these two bedrooms were combined. Right. But then you also have a suite. So that's. It's a good trade off. <laughs> you know, how many. I, I just think that people should just live in their house the way it makes sense for them to live in their house. You know, so if they need more bedrooms, they could use them as bedrooms. And if anybody in the future, who knows what they're going to do to the house anyway. So I try to be faithful as much as possible to the footprint. And even by opening that up, actually, it's more closer to the original footprint than than not. Yeah. But yeah, I I live in a modern home. It's a smart home. And I I like a vintage look on the inside. And it's something I'm very passionate about. But uh, by no means do I want to live in the 1920s. You know, (laughs) I do like my technology and, and comfort. You mentioned it was a smart home. How is that? What kind of systems do you have in there? Uh, lighting, certainly. Um, some stuff is simple, just lights that come on at sunset or sunrise, or just certain lights shut off at 11 o'clock every night. Uh, in the closed sunroom, that's where I winter my plants, bringing the uh, outdoor plants indoors. So they've got their own lighting schedule. That's all automated. Uh, I recently 
replace the home security system, the smart system. Uh, I've experimented with um, curtain openers, I guess. Oh, yeah. I haven't had much luck with that yet. Um, Are they supposed to be on a timer? Well, it's not so much the timer works fine. It's just that it doesn't seem to grip the curtain rod very well. <laughs> so it kind of spins uh. in place. So I'll wait a few more years for technology to get better, I guess. But when I see, you know, the new things come out, I kind of research it and think of ways to incorporate it into my home without... Um, I try to keep the, 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 the technology as discreet as possible. Yeah. But um, like I said, I do like to live in a comfortable, modern home. Maybe... Those of us who like history tend to romanticize a little bit and then remember what history, what it was actually like to maybe live back then. Absolutely. I agree. So who did build your house when you look back in history? You know, I wish I had more information about the first owners. They were there very briefly. Um, I would love to know why they designed the house the way they did. I'm sure it was an interesting story. But I do know who the architects were. were. It was a, a firm called uh, Rubish and Hunter. Hmm. They were very prolific Indianapolis, early 20th century um, architecture firm. And I don't know this if this is true or not, but based on the timeline of what they built, it seems like in the earliest years, they focused more on residential. And then the later years, they were doing, you know, movie palaces, government buildings, mm. stuff like that. Interestingly, they, all the properties, all the buildings they designed are all in Indiana or uh, around South Beach, Florida. <laughs> oh, Because okay. after they, uh, the end of their career, they retired down there and built... Um, Art Deco hotels and homes. So mm, that sounds pretty good. What have you learned that you would want to share with other people about during your renovation experience? You know, when I first bought the house, I was a bit naive about paint. And mm. I started using a inexpensive paint when I was painting the windows outside. I'm not sure what I did at that point, but somehow I smartened up and switched over to a premium paint. And now um, that was about 12 years ago, I did the windows. And today, the premium paint windows are perfect condition, and the inferior paint, they're now starting to bubble on the windowsills. Yeah. So I would tell anybody who's gets sticker shocked by the high price of quality paint, uh, it's a better deal in the long run, for sure. Mm. It's true. There, It is kind of shockingly expensive sometimes, but worth it. It is. And, but as someone who's renovating a property, the last thing you've got time to do is to go back and redo something that you already did. Yep. Especially when you got other stuff to worry about. Yep, that's very true. I also would suggest, especially in this day and age, you know, a lot of people do research on the homes. But if you haven't done research in the last two or three years, I would suggest doing another deep dive because so much stuff today is being digitized and accessible online. Mm. I feel like every now and then when I do a, a revisit my notes and try to find out more information, I tend to find new stuff that pops up. Yeah, it's amazing so how much is out like, there. Yeah, I think it's kind of an ongoing process. I will never be done uh, researching their home. Because just more and more stuff is coming available online. Yeah. Uh, another suggestion would be um, not be afraid of build, builder supply stores, the kind that contractors use. You know, I really limited myself at first to the big box stores. And I was getting frustrated, especially when drywall sizes that had the right thickness, but not the right length. And I don't know about you, but I hate mudding and sanding. And yeah, don't often like it. had to, with my taller, taller ceilings, had to do, here's an eight-foot board, and then to add two feet on top of that. Mm. But these building supply stores have very good inventories and all these different sizes. And okay. one of the benefits of that also is not only get better selection, I have found, at least the, the supplies stores I use, they'll deliver for free or dirt cheap. And they'll also bring it into the room of your house that you want it. Oh, that seems like a small thing, but it's not. That's very convenient. 
That's great. Yeah. It's, during COVID, I did have to play. I did place an order, and unfortunately, they did have to just take it to the porch. <laughs> they wouldn't yeah. go inside. But right. it's a covered porch, and still, there are still steps to get to my porch. So it saved me from the trouble of having to rent a truck and bring stuff into the. Up to That's the porch. a good one. I hadn't thought. I hadn't thought about the difference between big box stores and other building supply stores. So that's a good point. I will say though, as a courtesy to the folks that work at these uh, building supply stores, I try to come prepared. They're used to working with contractors and they're used to, you just walking up, give them item numbers and they place your order. And they're certainly going to help you and take the time, but yeah, I would as much as possible come prepared (laughs) with what you want and, and they'll find it for you. Yep. Good point. And I guess one more piece of advice I would give is to take more pictures. I know we all take before, during, and after pictures, but I have found, especially in the social media age, where I want to post more before and after pictures, I have these great after pictures, but I never took the great before shot in the Mm. right angle. Yeah. So, of course, when I bought the house, I was using a digital camera, and at that time, I was just taking one picture of every room, and God, I wish I'd go back in time and take more pictures, because, I mean, those rooms have been built out now, and I don't remember what they look like, so... yeah. For the sake of just documenting your progress, but also just to pat yourself on the shoulder and remind yourself of all the hard work you've done and mm-hmm. the journey yeah. is worth it. Yeah, it's easy to forget. You forget the pain of it. Right. But also what it looked like. Yeah. Well, would you do it again? Is this going to be your last house or? So one thing I didn't talk much about was I mentioned I managed my four unit apartment building, but I was also managing some other, other rentals and I really learn during that process. It was like a learning lab on how to fix stuff yourself. Mm. And when you have a rental property with tenants, you got to fix stuff right away. Yeah. And then if you're not fixing something that's urgent, you probably have something on your list that needs to be addressed sooner than later. That's just waiting to be, addre- waiting to be addressed. So I kind of feel like to answer your question, would I do it again? I don't want to do it again. I do see this as my forever home. Mm-hmm. I love this house. I love that it's got a big yard. I love it as character. Um, it's really coming to its own the more I get, uh, I complete on the house. I really enjoy it. So I don't expect to do this again. Okay. But I've loved the journey. Yeah. It's been more lately, more of a journey than a destination. Because <laughs> like I said, it's been 14 years and I'm not quite done yet, but getting there. Well, you said it was only 1,200 square feet each of the floors. It seems bigger than that. Yeah, and I, I'm not surprised you mentioned that because a lot of people say that to me, but the house is, is I think, because it's centered on a double lot, and mm. it's kind of, you can see in the before and the current picture of the house, it's kind of on a hill a little bit. Mm. So it kind of has a presence has this, uh, to it. presence that is bigger than it really is, but, you know, I've been in homes in my neighborhood, and all oh, these people have bigger bedrooms than I have, and that's why I'm so glad I've got this master suite now because the bedrooms in my house are pretty small. Because when you look at that picture of the house, literally from the front door, the left side, that's the living room, right side is the dining room. And that doesn't get any bigger than that. So it's not really a very large house for sure. Hmm. Well, it does have a presence. And I love the um, exposed rafters on the porch, the rafter tails on the porch. And so how can people follow you on Instagram? Yep. I'm on Instagram, 1907 Dutch Colonial. Uh, that's yeah, it. Um, that's it. Not on Facebook or TikTok, so or Twitter. Well, that's all it. right. We'll just put all your energy into one thing. That's kind of the way to go, actually. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but Instagram is is a lot of fun, and I hope your relatives, I hope you opened Instagram accounts for them so that they can follow along. I think maybe if I visit them next Christmas, we'll uh, I'll sit down with them. But in the meantime, um, 
there's such a great um, old home community on Instagram, and I've yeah, really enjoyed being a part of that. And there's a lot of great posters out there, and it's just been so much fun. And uh, I've loved every minute minute of it. And it's been very inspirational for me to to work on my own home. Yeah, it is inspiring. It, it just also you can live vicariously a little bit through what yes. other people are accomplishing, and then think I'm going to do that someday. I was, I was going to say I love all types of architecture. Um, my home is. It's, uh, it's built during the arts and crafts era. It's not an arts and crafts home at all, but the interior has very much uh, a lot of arts and crafts influences, very dark woods, very chunky. Mm. I love that. But, you know, I love Victorian homes. I love Art Deco. I love, that's why I just love this community and on Instagram because I get to see so many different things. And, and like you said, live vicariously through them. Yeah. People's staircases. I would love to just build a gallery of their staircases mm. because some of them are so beautiful mine's very beautiful but it's a 1794 steep you could really hurt yourself on that but luckily we have a back stair but it has this beautiful banister that goes up and curves around and it's just mm. you know been there a long time and the stairs are all kind of cupped in the middle sure i don't know but it's not it's not grand but it's beautiful well i envy you because you have your original staircase i will say that is the travesty of this house being made to mm. a double you know most of the rooms maintain their footprint they just got repurposed but in the case of the center hall staircase, the 1938 literally built a wall smack down the middle. Oh. And at the, where the landing would be, there's two windows. So when it was made to a double, one window was on one side and one window was on the other, in the mm. other apartment. And even though I've taken out that wall, there is a, I don't know, six, seven, eight inch notch in the windowsill representing where the wall butt into it. Wow. And I decided I'm going to keep that as a reminder. Yeah, in the future, I could point to that and say, you know, there was a wall right here. <laughs> wow, so this, they kept the stairs, but they built a wall down the middle of the stairs, or they took out the stairs and built stairs on either side? They took out the stairs. They, I could tell on the north side, they repurposed, because those stairs were all Coruscant Oaks. I could tell they reused the original staircase on the north side, mm. uh, but the south unit was all recreated. So unfortunately, other than the fact there's some clues, like the, the foyer entryway linen closet, I could, when I open the door and pull back the wallpaper, I could see the outline, the stain line of the original staircase. So I've kind uh, of got clues of how it was positioned originally. Yeah. But uh, that's going to be a big project. And while I've got some carpentry, carpentry skills, I'm not sure I'm brave enough for that project. Well, it's going to be a, it's <laughs> gonna, it could be a really interesting project. Rebuilding a beautiful stair like that, I bet. I wonder what it looked like. Do you, do you know what it looked like? Well, even though it's gone, there are, they repurposed one of the newel posts and some of the rails. So I do have some parts that could be recreated. Mm. So to that extent, I, I have an idea. I would expect in a colonial to see turned um, uh, rails, but in actuality, and maybe this is the arts and crafts influence, it's all very square and chunky. Oh, interesting. It's a, the pattern is a, like a two inch, one inch square, and then maybe a six inch wide piece. Then it goes back to one or two inches and it repeats itself. Mm. So it's kind of an interesting uh, pattern. Another benefit of this house after reopening it is I try to, you know, I'm trying to map out what the floor plan looked like and I have a net gain of doors. <laughs> so something somewhere I'm missing something like there must be another closet or two somewhere because I have extra doors now. So, <laughs> and I could tell the original to the, doors to the house because they all match like a set. So I'm very lucky in the sense that I do have extra wood trim. I have extra doors. I actually have surprisingly extra brick huh, that, that matches the house. So I don't know where that came from. 
because I've had to do some the side steps with that pergola porches. The brick you see there is all recreated. Um, there was no well, there were steps there, but they weren't original. And one day I was digging the garden by the steps, and I found the base and brick of like what were like um, I don't know how to describe it like a brick extensions that would have flanked both sides of the steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it would have been capped in limestone, and that made sense because there were these two limestone pieces in the backyard that were painted green and black. Mm-hmm. So the masonry guy actually excavated out of the ground all that brick, replaced it in the ground with concrete block, and used that uh, reclaimed brick to recreate these uh, brick extensions. So mm. today when you see that brick, it, it spent its first century underground, but now <laughs> oh, wow. it's uh, above ground. <laughs> but it matches the house perfectly. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's a that's a good sure. yeah. I, well, another thing I wanted to ask you about were those I don't even know what to call them the metal brackets kind of but they're more like these arcs that come out of the house from the old picture. They look kind of like yeah, like a half round. They're kind of like earrings in a way, but not on ears. They're just kind of inter- I've never seen anything like that. But I don't know Flemish. Yeah. I don't know Flemish architecture, so maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I don't know much about why they were there they certainly complement the arches on the parapet walls because true um, those are also like like half circles and thankfully i still have a lot of those parts in fact when i bought the house there were still a couple attached i had them had some professionals take them down because they look kind of random having some rusted pieces of metal hanging from the gutters yeah but uh they're they're clearly not structural they just they connect from the gutter and they go under the eave right to the brick and they kind of end in a, a shield design. And they were on the front and the back of the house. Hmm. So someday um, those will go back up for sure. Good. Well, I'll be following along, so I'm gonna, I won't miss it. I'll be watching you. Not in a creepy way. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. I, I, um, I just I really appreciate your time and I love your house. Well, thank you, Catherine. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I invite you to join me over on Instagram. You can find me at Talking Home Renovations there. Other ways to get in touch are in the show notes. Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven is proud to be part of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. You can check out my other show, Context and Clarity, which is for people who run a small service firm, architecture or otherwise. Check out that show and all the other shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A dot com. Until next time, take it easy.